And so it is. <laughs> Dear Shambra, that I, Tobias, gather with this energy of Shambra on this beautiful day. Not necessarily beautiful because of the weather or the environment and your material reality, but beautiful because once again we can join together. Once again we can take this sacred moment in this sacred space, we can unite all of our energies together and we can remember for a moment why we're here. We can remember our past. We can remember our most recent days. And we can just take this moment to relax, to rejuvenate. I've been doing that quite often these past few months of time. Kathumi has been here, sitting in this chair. The handsome debonair and <laughs> almighty Saint Germain. I'm so honored to be sitting in the very chair that he sat in a month ago. <laughs> he was here also. By the way, Shambra, humor is the lubricant for the New Age consciousness, and the New Energy consciousness. It truly is. It truly is. This job that you have chosen of being Shambra and doing the New Consciousness work is not always easy. You have opposing forces all around you, even, even if you are not an opposing force. They're going to continue to be around you. You have to be able to laugh about things. Start by laughing about yourself first. Take yourself so much more lightly than what you have been. Even if you were having one of those, um, what you call a bad hair day, <laughs> laugh about it. Laugh how silly that hair can look. Laugh how, how sometimes you dig yourself into these ruts. You, you burden yourself with the heaviness of old belief systems. Laugh about it. Even when you read difficult news, Yes, difficult news. Have compassion for it, but you have to laugh too, you know. You do have to laugh. These are just humans playing games, and if you take it too seriously, you will get sucked right into it. Some of you perhaps don't understand this. Say, but Tobias, there are wars around the world. There are people who die each day. There are troubled souls, lost souls. Tobias, I... I don't think I could laugh about that. If you can't, if you can't see the humor in this blessing called life, if you can't see the humor in this, basically, this theater of life, this game that is being played by humans, it's going to suck you in. It's going to take you right into its drama. It's going to feed off of you. It's going to twist your, your thinking. And it's going to get you to believe that it's you. It's going to get you to believe that you're the one with wars going on. You're the one with disease. You're the one with deep and dark and depressed feelings. It's going to get you to buy right into this game that we've called mass consciousness. And as you know, then it becomes so difficult to get out. Do yourself a favor this coming month. And it's going to be hard for some of you. Some of you, it will go against the grain of things you've learned, things you believe in, but 
Take a news story, a difficult news story. Find some humor in it. Start out with something easy. Politics, that's always easy. Always make a joke about that. And then move your way up through the stories to the more difficult ones, to the ones that normally would tug at your heart and normally pull you right in. Find the humor in it. Now, we're not talking dark humor. We're not talking where you're making fun of another human or belittling them, but we're talking about the humorous situation of duality. It is there. You're just not seeing it. If you are in a place of compassion and you understand this is what people are choosing, they are indeed creators like you, you'll be able to find humor in some of the very toughest situations. Right now I'm doing a little struggling with Calder because he's saying, how could you possibly say this, Tobias? How can these words come out of my mouth of find humor in something like war and global warming? Global warming is a subject of much humor and jokes on our side of the veil. <laughs> because you don't get it. You're so serious. People get into their drama and they get so stuck. The humor is that Gaia knows how to clear it all out. Gaia knows how to take care of it. Gaia is going to continue for quite some time supporting life on Earth. And we're not saying that global warming isn't an issue, but look at the issue, look at some of the difficult components of it, and then look at the humor behind it. So many humans running around now, screwing around, holding up these flags and banners about global warming, using it to perpetuate more feeding and more drama, rather than solving the problem. That's the humorous part. It's not that difficult of a situation. It can be cleared up, dear Shambra, very soon. You're hearing these news reports saying it's going to take centuries. Perhaps humankind will be annihilated. Perhaps the earth will burn itself up. Sorry, not going to happen. There's a small group of humans on earth who can have an impact on this, who can help bring back a balance to support the future generations. And if they don't choose to do that, Guy will choose to clear it herself. The humorous part is you talk about global warming, and here sitting in this um, group in cold Creek Canyon, <laughs> you're freezing. That's funny on our side. St. <laughs> Germain, Katumi, and I, and often Madame Blavatsky, sit around joking all the time about these things. We try not to take it so serious. Find humor in everyday conflicts in your life, because, dear Chambra, they're just temporary. They're just part of energy cycling itself, growing itself, and expanding itself. You can either get sucked into it, or you can rise above it. You can go to Angel's Peak, or you can go to Dante's Inferno. Either one, it's up to you. Humor is the lubricant of the new energy consciousness. Saint Germain and Kathumi have been here over the past few months. Much of my attention has been directed to my biological self that has already been born here on Earth. And today I'm going to reveal 
the name of the entity and the location. Not. <laughs> A little humor, Shambra. We're moving energy here. <laughs> I say I'm about to lose my messenger here. He's so embarrassed for me today. <laughs> We could almost end this shout right now and say that was it, but we have a few things to talk about. My, much of my attention has been focused on my li biological being, as I have told Chambra, that I have a shell body that's been born into physical form here on earth. And the shell body is beginning to develop and grow. Now some of you have had your theories and uh, uh, conjectures that perhaps I'm going to be leaving soon because this shell body is starting to occupy a lot of my time and attention. And part of that's true. It is occupying my time and attention. I, I'm learning to truly meld with this uh, body. I, I didn't normally used to like bodies so much. <laughs> it was always difficult to have to incarnate. And my gosh, dear Shambra, you have things so, um, so comfortable right now. You have, you have heat. You touch a button, you have heat. Some of my lifetimes we had to uh, rub sticks together to get a fire going. You can go to the store and buy a bottle of wine. I used to have to mash grapes by myself and then wait at least a week before I drank it. Nouvelle, of course, Nouvelle. Shambra, you, you, can, you can exchange energy so easily and quickly for some of this paper of yours and sometimes just an electronic transaction. You can have clothes. You can have a wonderful meal. I'm finding great joy right now in coming back into the biology. Part of my energy is now very, very wonderfully embedded and melded into this biological being. Most of it is still here, but there is something interesting because I know many of you have been talking about it. You're thinking that I'm now having to put so much of my energy into this, into this biological body and it's draining my soul energy, my spirit energy. It actually doesn't work like that. I'm finding myself more invigorated than ever before because the shell body, the new me, is new energy. Total new energy. Now, I have to say it has its drawbacks. My parents don't understand. <laughs> they are troubled. They look at me, and sometimes it's sometimes I have to laugh. Uh, I have a certain, uh, what you would say, quotient of energy already in this uh, shell body. I'm going to call it Sam for right now, not the real name, of course, but I'm going to call in Sam there is a certain amount of energy that is now very well embedded in there. And sometimes I, I play jokes on my parents, of course. I allow all of my energy of Tobias to descend down into the biological body. And then when they look at my eyes, they're quite shocked. Because not only are they looking at my eyes, but they see a different face, a mature face. A wise face, a very um, deep face, where normally on a day-to-day -day basis they think there's something very wrong and very shallow with uh, Sam, <laughs> something wrong with him. Sam doesn't eat like others. He doesn't need a lot of food to get by. 
Sam doesn't have interests in so many of the things that young children seem to have. He doesn't play with toys. He does like the um, uh, computer, but um, is not at the age yet where it makes a lot of sense. But there are times uh, when I slip in and Sam and I go over to the computer and we get on the um, internet. An amazing tool. We didn't have that in my days as Tobias. An amazing tool where I can go anywhere in the world and I can feel the energies of anything I choose. It is amazing. And sometimes mom and dad come in and find Sam playing at the computer and he's young right now. He shouldn't by all rights and means know how to do things like uh, typing or reading or some of these other things. So they're spooked. They're spooked right now. But Jean-Bert, the point is that it is invigorating. It is my creation. It is my new energy. It is my new learning and wisdom. I'm learning to become a human in a whole new way right now. Not the same way as I'd ever done it before. You see, I had lifetimes, one after the other. We knew each other in Atlantis. We knew each other in many different times. And that series or that progression of lifetimes just kept on building on itself. But Sam is different. It is total new energy. It uses some of the resources of my past life aspects when necessary. It uses the resources of my grander self, Tobaiwa, who is also in the room today. It doesn't, Sam doesn't feed on the, the grid, on the field. Sam doesn't derive energy from anywhere but within himself. Sam is an amazing child. Sam's greatest challenge is how to uh, try to fit in, try not to overwhelm his parents, although I enjoy doing that on occasion just to get a laugh. Sam's <clears throat> looking right now how to, how to integrate in an old energy duality world when he knows perfectly well he is total new energy. There's something interesting. Sam doesn't have any questions in his mind about himself. He doesn't look at himself and think how different he is and how he must try to adjust that to try to conform. He knows he is different. And instead of trying to make himself like everyone else, he is simply trying to make his energy more palatable and more conditioned to everybody else. The difference is he's not trying to become like the other humans around him. He has met some other young children and I have to say they come from the old energy and he is, he is struggling to understand fully their ways. But through some of my past life experience, it is coming to him. Sam is a, Sam is a creation. Sam is an aspect. Sam is part of my soul, but yet has total freedom. You see, that is how it works. It, Sam was birthed out of a out of a desire, and went into an idea, and then was created in a focus, and now is manifested. But I I don't own Sam. I not I am not all of Sam. He is a part of me. I am a part of him. But yet he has his own freedom. He has his own eyes, his own mind, his own heart, his own 
sense of identity. And that, by the way, is what gives me the greatest thrill, to know I have helped to create this, but yet I don't control it. I bless it. I work with it. I use it as a method of infusing my energy, bringing it to earth right now, learning more and more about things that you're going through also. What is it like to use new energy? It's an amazing, amazing concept. You all have your own Sams in one way or the other. I'm not talking about biological bodies. I'm talking about aspects of yourself, creations. Gene's creator cards are a Sam. They're an identity. They're an energy. They may not have a physical body, but they're a creation. And from this day, they go out into the world. They gain more energy. They take nothing from anyone. Your creation, Shambra, any of them are Sam also. Your creations are brought to life through, through this thing we call, this process we call, it's the progression of desire, a soul desire, a soul that has no needs or wants, it just wants to express and create. Every, every soul has desire. <clears throat> we talked about this recently at School 3 on the island. The difference between a soul need and a soul desire. You all have soul desires, things that go deeper than the mind, go deeper than what you would call the heart, go far, far deeper than the human need. In a way, you could say the soul desire doesn't even understand things like human needs, and in a way, doesn't care, doesn't want to get blocked up doesn't want to get suffocated. It is a desire, a passion within each and every one of you. It's not what you think it is. It doesn't relate to anything on your human level. It is a, just a desire to expand, to express, to discover. The soul desire <clears throat> then goes into the form of an idea an idea, how to take a very broad concept like desire and start now forming it into something. This is where an idea or what you would call your creativity come into play. You take the energy of desire, the desire just to do something, just to create, and now the ideas start coming. The ideas are yours. Oftentimes they are based on things you've learned in the past. Sometimes they're adaptations of other things that you have you've gained or developed in mass consciousness. But the ideas become uniquely yours. This is a beautiful part of the whole process of being human and creating. Having that idea, every one of you has had many, many of them. Many of you suppress them, but you'll be driving along in your car and just have an idea. Wake up out of a dream state, and have an idea. You'd be watching television, an idea comes to you. This is taking the soul desire energy and now starting to form it, 
starting to shape it, much like a potter would shape the clay. Many of you stop here because of two things. The idea is a beautiful energy, a passion energy. You can feel it racing through your body. You have an idea to invent something, create something, write something. But it stops there because you're not sure how to get it to the next stage. And in a sense, you like that energy of idea so much, you want to just you just want to bask in it for a while, which is fine. You just want to revel in that energy and go into kind of a dream uh, state, uh, thinking about taking your idea and implementing it and having others appreciate it and feeling that that feeling of success and reward, knowing that you've done something, knowing ultimately that you're a creator. People talk about success and they talk about it in terms of money or or notoriety, fame. Those things are human and they're temporary. They go away. The real feeling of reward or success comes from the, just the idea of knowing that you created something. That surpasses all of the money you could get paid. That surpasses all of the fame. Those things, money, fame, they go away quickly. The knowingness and the reminder that you're a creator are the greatest. Many of you stop there in the idea stage, partly because you just want to bask in that energy, partly because you fear going to the next step. The fear comes from several things. What if you really are a creator? Oh my God! If you really learn how to create, what might you do wrong? What wrong thought? What wrong action? What wrong deed? So many of you hold back because you you're afraid of that creator part of you. Chamber, I've told you before, you can't go wrong with it right now. Even if you tried to use it against somebody else, it would come back on you first. You've set your energy that way. You can't harm another right now. Really, try it. You can't. There is a dynamic in this new energy and in Chambra itself that prevents that from happening. You created it that way. You didn't want irresponsible energies going around that would hurt others, particularly when intentional. So they come back to you as a reminder, be a, be a responsible creator, or create boldly, fearlessly, but be responsible. That is why you can't harm another right now, so take that off your list of fears. Some of you stop in this idea stage because you're afraid that maybe you're not a creator. In other words, you can come up with good ideas, but can you bring them to earth? Can you bring them to life? And can you give them freedom? So you stop there because you don't want failure, you don't want disappointment. Shambra, I have to tell you right now that taking a look at all of the people over all the cycles of lifetimes, of all the ones who have been successful and all the ones who have failed, of the ones who are written about in the history books, they have all failed. I use the example often of Thomas Edison having to test thousands and thousands of filaments before he found the one. Some of you are afraid of failing, 
And as we have said recently to this group, failure is part of the whole process. And now it's time to even get rid of that term failure. It has such negative energy on it. It's not failure. It's experience. Experience and experimenting, testing, discovering. There is no failure. You you just simply cannot fail. Again, I would invite you, Shambra. Some of you still are sitting back in, in the old energy, viewing what you think it could be like in the new, and, but afraid to get out and to try it. Try to fail. As one of your other pieces of homework for this month. Try to fail. Watch what happens. You spend all of your time trying not to fail. All of your energies being afraid of it. Now try it. Watch what happens. And remember, as St. Germain said last month, energy works differently now. So we're going to ask you to start playing with it in different ways. Finding humor in tragic situations, that's looking at energy in a different way. Trying to fail, that's looking at energy in a different way. It is new right now, so we're going to be challenging you to try it different. Try it from a different angle and watch what happens. So now here you are in the idea phase, and you decide now. Perhaps you'll give it a try. You'll see if you can manifest it. It's still it's a creation at this point. It has a certain life force energy behind it, and it has a certain energy pattern and dynamic. Let's say you're trying to create um, a new type of food product, <laughs> since we'll be talking about that shortly. You've a, you've a, you have a desire. You've imagined it. Now you're going to start bringing a focus of energy into it. Here you're crossing a chasm. You're crossing that chasm that goes from idea into, into focus. You're going to be bringing it into reality, into this world. That chasm is a difficult one to cross sometimes. Take that leap. Go across. While you're crossing that chasm, allow the initial energies of the desire and the idea to start a transformation. Start applying focus and energy into what it is you're trying to create. Start pouring yourself into it, much as I am pouring myself into Sam right now. You'll discover that it doesn't deplete you. It actually rejuvenates you. You also discover, as you start putting a focus on it, that the energies start to change. Now, some of you get um, depressed or distraught at this point because your original idea, that idea that struck you, I'm going to use another example here many of you relate to, an idea of a center. <coughs> many of you had this idea 20, 30, 40 years ago. You had a vision. You had a profound epiphany. An opening that showed you what it looked like, where it was. That was an idea. And it's been sitting in idea stage or a state of beingness for a while. It is a creation. It is alive. But when it crossed the chasm and you started applying energy to it, it started to change. For several reasons. The world changes, energy change. And also, an idea will want to evolve itself to a higher, more adaptable order of things. So the idea that you had for a center 30 years ago may now not have walls and a roof. It may be 
on the internet. That is a center, a center of energy. Some of you were very sad because you say, but I, I want to have a center and I've tried having a center and it just never, never happens. Because you forgot to look at how your idea transmuted and transformed itself. Oh, it's still there, but it wants to adapt itself to a new way, much as my Sam. My Sam is developing himself to the situation and the environment around him. I'm not controlling him. I'm not making him do things. I am him, but not all of him, you see. So allow your ideas as you apply a focus on them to cross the chasm and then watch how as you interject your focus, then it changes, it shifts. If you try to hold on to that original idea or thought or breakthrough that you had, you're going to be suffocating your own creation. I had an idea of what I wanted Sam to be, where I wanted Sam to live, how I wanted Sam to look. Some of that has come through, but much of it has changed. doesn't look anything like I necessarily thought he would. Very handsome, by the way, very handsome, but um, <laughs> not quite what I thought he would be. So I'm allowing Sam, you see, the idea, as I apply a focus to it, to evolve and change and adapt on its own. That is very important in your creation work. And then the final stage of bringing a creation in, of course, is the actual manifestation, where it becomes reality. Now, there are many steps that you're going to go through. You're going to come through, go through challenges, blocks. There's going to be times when you get frustrated and don't think that you're being an effective creator. At those times, stop. Stand behind the short wall. Understand how perhaps you're either trying to control your creation or you have certain expectations of your creation. And the energy just isn't coming together. Some of the creators that you're going to be hearing from over these months on what you now call the launch pad, some of the creators you're going to talk to in the message board have found this to be very true, have found that it manifests oftentimes different than what they thought. And there are challenges along the way. Challenges because you live in a 3D reality. Challenges because there is still an energetic physics that, in a sense, is still trying to push out new energy. Energetic physics that isn't always allowing or supporting of new ideas. We talked a long time ago about the concept of the four marbles and how Oftentimes, when that new marble of divinity tried to come in, the other three would try to take it out because they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to bring it into the system that they have already established. They have certain fear about it. So, yes, you're going to run into situations, challenges. That is the time for Dost. That is the time for a creative solution to come in as they Creators in Shamba are beginning to find out. That is the time to step behind the short wall, let the energies realign themselves, and then go back after it. You don't need to muscle your way through this, by the way. Sometimes um, your previous training has taught you when, when you get a, a challenge, 
You've got to fight it. You've got to push against it. You've got to persevere. No, this won't be a Vince Lombardi channel today because that was old energy. That was about one energy tackling another, struggling against each other. Some of the old energy motivational ways, positive attitude, keep on fighting, all of these things, the cheerleading, these, these are not new energy. Those are old energy. Those were ways of dealing with old duality, but you are in a new state of being now. One of the greatest things you're going to find is this ability to stand behind the short wall. Have a few laughs about your own creation. Take a deep breath and let Nost come in. The solution will be there. You don't have to fight for it. Yes, you do have to do things, um, as the creators know, when you bring it into materialization, for instance, when you're going to publish a book, yes, you do have to make phone calls, you do have to send emails, you do have to write out a few checks, and the good news is you do have to go pick up all of your books and, and haul them. There's a certain amount of physical interchange, but this whole concept of fighting for creation does not apply in the new energy. You allow it in. Once it comes in, once something like your creator cards or your books come in, you take off the controls and the expectations, because those are nothing more than limitations. Some of you think you have to control it. You have to, you have to strictly control what, what happens with it. And control has many different implications here, by the way. Sometimes it's just you're controlling it, your fear. Sometimes it's afraid that others are going to try to control it. Let go of that. Let go of it intentionally. Give your creation freedom to expand. Give your creation freedom to find its way to those who truly need it and want it. Break through some of the old traditional methods and channels of sharing your creation with others. Break through those and you're going to find amazing, amazing results. And it's going to dawn on you this year. This year, it's going to dawn on you, damn, I am a creator. I took one idea, one project. I had a learning experience with it, no failures, just learning, and it manifested. It's here. Not only is it here, but it doesn't just stop. It continues. You see, a book, for instance, isn't just a book. It's an energy of potentials, energy of wisdom. And while you may be thinking in terms of perhaps reprints and getting more books out there, take another look, Creator. What's really happening is it's also setting up new potentials for you. Somebody who receives your book, who thinks you're brilliant, now wants you to speak, now wants you to come and talk to their group. Somebody who receives your book and needs answers and comes to you. Somebody who receives the book and says you're so wise that perhaps you should, you should help other people with their books. It is exponential. It grows in ways you couldn't imagine. It's not just a book. It's not just creator cards. It's not just a new food product. It is the potentials that lie within all of these things. In the Shaud 
this last month. St. Germain came in, talked to you about collisions, a year of collisions. And indeed, he is so, he is so correct. Collisions are going to be all around you. Oh, they, they have been. <clears throat> Ever since there were duality, there have been collisions. Collisions this year are going to be different. The collisions that occur this year are going to be more for the sake of a resolution and a movement into a new energy rather than collisions for the sake of one energy trying to dominate another and feed off another. Collisions that you've seen in the past, conflicts, battles, duality, have basically been an attempt for the diverse energies to try to understand themselves better. But so often, when the energies would collide in battle, they would then try to dominate and steal from the other energy. That lasts a certain length of time, and then energy A, which is dominated energy B, now loses its strength because it was artificial to begin with. Energy B gets strong, goes out, battles with energy A, and dominates it. This has been going on for nearly as long as humans have been on Earth. This year is different. In the collisions, it's not just about control or feeding or domination. It is truly about reintegration. It is about opening up to, as St. Germain said, the new dimensions of potential that are now available and that will sadly go unnoticed by most humans. During this year, I'll remind you now, I'll remind you later in your own lives, go back to Lesson 1 of the Creator Series. Accept all things as they are. And in Lesson 1, the important point was to stand behind the short wall. As these collisions intensify, stand behind the short wall. It's short wall is the safe space. The short wall is getting yourself out of the day-to-day -day drama. The short wall is backing off a little bit. There's a lot of important reasons for this. You need to rejuvenate your energy regularly. So many of you are working day and night, and you're depleting yourself. You get into this thing where you think uh, you just have to work and work and work. Well, you never get a perspective. You never go to Angel's Peak to get a breather. When you work like that and when your physical body is tired, then what happens? Your mind actually takes more control than ever. When you're very, very tired, your mind goes on high alert, much like you have these terrorist alert statuses all around the world, because the world is tired. So you go into your mind and you become less efficient. You become then physically exhausted and mentally limited or trapped. It's not a good situation. Go behind the short wall. This could be taking a few days off by yourself. You have to say no to the needs of others at times, even to your family, friends, your spouses. Take a few days by yourself, for yourself. When you do, don't get caught in the drama of all the rest of the things going on around you. Take that time for you. Take a week off. and. I don't want to hear you say, but 
but I have to keep working. I don't have any vacation time. These are all excuses. That's all they are. Once you make the decision that you're going to do this, the resources come in to support it. You need to refresh and rejuvenate yourself on a regular basis right now. Spa time. (laughs) Spiritual spa time by yourself. I don't mean necessarily literally, unless that's what you enjoy doing, but you need to spa for a while. We know there's a tremendous amount of what you would call work to do this year, but we want to do it in a different way. We don't want to do it in the old pushing and shoving, trying to beat down the walls. We want to work with Shambra in doing it much more efficiently, much easier, as you would say. So this year, this year, make sure to take plenty of time by yourself to stand behind the short wall. When you do, something else happens. In this time of behind the short wall, taking time by yourself, your body and your mind have a chance to rejuvenate. But this is also the time that the new energy starts to come into your reality. It's very difficult for new energy to come in when you're busy, when you're angry, when you're feeling sorry for yourself, when you run yourself ragged, when you haven't taken the time. By the way, I have to ask, why haven't you taken the time for yourself? Probably because you don't love or care for yourself enough. It's kind of a spiritual martyr thing. I think you have to keep working, keep struggling. You have to go from first thing in the morning to last thing at night. If you find yourself in this situation, it is time to take a break. It's time to get behind the short wall. It is time to do a little breathing. And it's time then to just let this new energy potential start coming into your reality. You see, it is a soul desire to be there. It is an idea. You've all had the idea, beautiful idea, new energy in your life. You love the idea. Some of you have put a little bit of focus or attention to it. But most of you haven't really allowed yourself to begin manifesting it or embodying it into this reality. Take some time to yourself. This is very important to do, and particularly when you see the collisions all around you or in your life. It's that time, once again, to stand back. The collisions that St. Germain talked about, we don't want to speculate on exactly how those are going to take place in the world, but they will. It doesn't have to be bad can be looked at with a sense of humor. The collisions, we have to say, um, take a look at this past month, up until today, from the beginning of the year up until today. Take a look at the collisions that you have experienced in your life. Take a look at the collisions, even within Chambre itself. Now, watch how those collisions basically become very... um, exaggerated and are going to play out in the real world, in the um, in the um, non-Chamber world, in mass consciousness. What you were going through wasn't about you. You were experiencing it in a minuscule way through your energy and the Chamber energy. You were getting a taste of what is going to go on in the world. You didn't cause it, so don't take responsibility for it. You didn't 
create it. You gave yourself just a little sampling, a little taste. Now we're not saying it literally, but look at how certain collisions have occurred. Have you been the observer or the participant? Have you gotten caught in the drama? Or have you looked at the potential that occurred when this happened? Watch how things like arguments, disagreements, um, missing um, time schedules, uh, these type of things have been little collisions in your life for 30 days and now are going to proliferate all over the world. Watch how this little example from this last month becomes the big example around the world. You gave yourself a taste of what's going to go on, in a sense just like somebody would give themselves a flu shot to inoculate themselves against the, the bigger virus that is taking place. This year is going to be one of um, some drama and trauma, changes and adjustments, because you've allowed yourself a bit of a taste of it. You've got the flu shot. You're going to not necessarily get caught in all of it then. You, you'll be able to observe. You'll be, you won't get caught or trapped in the energies. So Shambra, stand behind that short wall and take care of yourself. Let's take a deep breath before we go into the next sec- section today. Let us go back to 1965. We'll take a little journey together. Most of you here, most of you here were alive on Earth at that time. If you weren't, join us anyway. Back in time, 1965. In the early evening, there was a beautiful little girl kneeling beside her bed praying. She was praying because her mother was standing there watching her, making sure she said her prayers before she went to bed. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We'll call this little girl, we'll call her Emma. Emma is the collective energy, very much real, but very much a collective of all of Chambro. Some of you will have the specific experiences, and some of you will be able to relate to Emma very well. She was praying beside her bed, and her mother was watching. But yet Emma didn't resonate with this prayer. She had said it hundreds, maybe thousands of times, and it always seemed vague to her. She never did understand. She memorized the words, but she didn't really understand what they meant. But she felt their energy. She actually felt a fear when she said this prayer, like there was somebody watching over and judging her. She didn't like praying, but her mother made her. It wasn't just because of being on her knees. It wasn't because she wanted to be doing something else. That prayer always brought up fear in her any of the prayers that her mother had her do. But Emma did them to satisfy her mother. Emma did it because perhaps she thought it would make her mother feel better. Life had been difficult. Emma's mother and father had been divorced for about a year now. The finances were more difficult, and Emma could feel in her mother a concern and a a fear that her mother had never had before. Her mother had always been smiling, laughing, and singing. 
now there were frown lines in Emma's mother's face. There was a stern voice. There was no more singing. Emma's mother had to take care of her and her two older brothers. By the way, they didn't have to pray anymore. Emma's mother was so tired of arguing with them about it. It was now up to Emma, she thought, to carry the whole responsibility of this prayer ritual for everybody in the family. Emma's mother would sit at the table and read the newspaper while drinking coffee in the morning. And Emma didn't like that feeling either. She could see that her mother was concerned about things like war. She talked once in a while quietly to her friends about nuclear attack. She talked about things like politics and people of fame and leadership being killed. Emma felt the heaviness and a sadness in her and didn't know what to do with it. She felt it was like her own, like she carried this weight for the whole world, but it was her own. So as soon as her mother kissed her goodnight and turned off the light and closed the door all but two inches, you see Emma had to have the door open a few inches because she was afraid of the dark. But not only that, she wanted to keep feeling her mother's energy because she was worried about her mother and her brothers and her extended family and in the world. Would the world even be here in the morning? So when Emma went to bed that night, she laid her head down. She pulled up her Raggedy Ann doll, who was her constant companion. She held Raggedy Ann in her arms. And then she said her real prayers. You see, the others were the obligatory prayers to make her mother feel good. But in real prayer, she said, Dear God, I don't know who you are, but I don't think you're the one I just prayed to. I don't know where you are, but I don't think you're a long way away. Dear God, would you make sure to take care of my dog, Skip, because I really love him. and I'm not always so sure I know how to take care of him. And dear God, could you also watch over my brothers, because they're, they're stupid. They're teenage boys, and I worry about them. Dear God, my father is leaving. He's found somebody else, and he's leaving this town, and I'm worried about him. Would you take care of him, too? More than anything, would you take care of my mom? Because I don't think she's doing very good right now. She worries about me, but I'm really worried about her. Dear God, would you take care of the world? Because I'm worried about the world, too. I, I hear stories, and it doesn't seem to be happy right now. I worry about a lot of things, God, that I can't talk to other people about. I try talking to Raggedy Ann. She just listens, but she doesn't say anything back. And I try talking to Skip, my dog, but he just wants to play. So I'll talk to you. I'm worried about this world. I'm not sure what to do. Help me to understand, because tonight my stomach feels funny. I don't feel good at all. I feel like I'm going to get sick. I'm not sure what's happening to me, and if you hear me, well, let me know, would you? 
In that moment, Emma began to spin in her bed. Her eyes were closed and she was clutching Raggedy Ann, but she felt the bed begin to spin. She dared not open her eyes because she was afraid that perhaps it was a monster underneath her bed that was spinning the bed on his feet while he was waiting to devour her. So she didn't want to open her eyes, but she could feel everything spinning faster and faster until the point she thought she was going to throw up and scream at the same time, which is not a good idea. (laughs) She took a deep breath and she said, Dear God, did I say something wrong? Did I offend you? Dear God, stop this spinning because I don't think I can stand it anymore. And just when she was about to scream out for her mother, the spinning stopped. She knew she was still laying in her bed, but she felt different. She dared not open her eyes again because something had changed and she didn't want to see what happened to her. She felt totally different. She didn't feel like little ten-year-old Emma anymore. She felt not necessarily older, but bigger. She felt everything around her now with a warm glow to it. She felt a happiness that she can't remember the last time when she felt. She felt a type of relief. And she called out in her mind, she said, Where am I? And a voice came back and said, Dear Emma, you're with me right now. You're with me. Emma was a bit confused about all this. Trying to quickly race through her mind, putting all the pieces together, thinking about what she had said or what she asked. But the words that came out of her mouth were, I'm afraid right now. I'm afraid and I'm not sure what to do. And the voice said, You're just feeling things. You're feeling your mother. You're feeling other people around you. But it's truly not you. Emma thought about this for a moment. And again, not Emma the ten-year-old, but an expanded Emma. Emma thought about it for a moment and then said to the voice, What am I supposed to be doing right now? And the voice said, Exactly what you're doing. Exactly. Being on earth, being a little girl, enjoying each day. Emma got a little bit more bold now because the voice was reassuring. It was comforting. She knew she had heard it somewhere, but she couldn't remember where. She said to the voice, she said, So what am I supposed to do? What's going to happen to me? The voice said, You're going to grow up. You're going to, you're going to, go, to go to school, go to high school. You're going to graduate with medium grades, but you're going to graduate. And Emma interjected and said to the voice, Why is it that other kids don't seem to like me? I don't seem to fit in. Why is it that I feel so different from the rest of them? The voice took a deep breath and said, Because you are different than the rest. You've chosen a different path chosen a different way. It's not that they don't like you. 
they don't understand you. It's not that you offend anyone, but they're mystified by you. Even your own mother worries about you. Emma said, what else is going to happen? And the voice said, you're going to get married young. You'll go off to college. After a year of college, you're going to get married. You're going to tell yourself you're going to go back to college, but instead you're going to have a couple of children. And you're going to spend time raising them. And when you're in your mid-thirties, your husband's going to die in a car accident. And I thought about this for a moment and said, is this, is this what God wants to happen to me? And the voice said, no, not at all. This is what you've chosen. This is what you've chosen for yourself. You can, you can change it any time you want, but this is what you've chosen. And I said, then, then what will happen? And the voice said, you become disillusioned. You become depressed. You become suicidal, very lonely. You have many difficult, difficult years in your life. Emma thought about this also. Thought about what a strange choice that she had made. She said, but there'll be people there to help me, won't there? The voice said, not people. You'll be doing this on your own. The voice said, not people, but there'll be angels. There'll be ones who are not in human form that are going to love you and support you and will be here for you, but you're going to be doing a lot of this alone, on your own. Emma took another deep breath and contemplated all this. Said, then what happens? And the voice said, then after you come through this dark time of your life, then all the parts and pieces are going to start to come together for you. You're going to start remembering why you're here on earth in the first place. You're going to start remembering why you chose the experiences that you did. You're going to understand you brought these experiences on, not as punishment, but for understanding and compassion. You're going to understand that you brought all these experiences into your life, in a sense, while you were waiting, waiting for the right time, waiting for the right place. Emma was taking all of this in, not sure whether it was a good thing or bad. Then she said to the voice, then what? The voice said, then I'm going to come back for you. We're going to have another talk like this. It's going to happen in approximately 1998. Something will happen in your life. You haven't chosen it yet. It could be a book that you read. It could be a friend that you talk to. It could be a very um, frightening situation in your life, perhaps an automobile accident where you end up in the hospital. You haven't decided yet how that's going to happen. But when it does, I'm going to come back and talk to you. We're going to have a few laughs and a few tears about your life. And then we're going to start into the next phase. Emma said, why don't we start now? 
Why do we have to wait until 1998? <clears throat> and the voice said, because, because the world's not ready yet. Because there is something happening with the basic way energy works on Earth, the basic ways humans bring this into their lives. And it's not ready yet. And it may not come, by the way. It may not come. There could be catastrophe on Earth, but there also could be moving to this whole next level. Emma paused and thought about this also. said, what happens when you come back and talk to me in 1998? The voice said, I'm going to remind you of who you are, why you are here, and I'm going to remind you of all the potentials in the future. The voice said, I'm going to remind you that you came here, you chose to be here on earth so that you could be a creator in the new energy. You could be one of the first to bring it into manifestation on earth, to go beyond the talk, to be, go beyond just thinking about it, to be one of the first. You came here to earth to be a creator in new energy. You came here out of your heartfelt love and desire for humanity and also your love for yourself to experience this amazing opening. After 1998, you're going to go through a series of experiences that will train you and teach you how to be a teacher, how to be a creator, how to live on earth, and ultimately how to become an example, a leader, and a standard for other humans to be the first. And I thought about all this also. I was starting to remember why she was here in the first place. She said, when you come back to me in 1998, and when I go through that next part of my life, will I still be alone? Will I still be alone, like I feel right now? And the voice said to her, No, indeed not. For I talk not just to you, but I talk to 144,000 others. You're not going to be alone. You're going to have a family, not a biological family, not even an angelic family. You're going to have a family called Shambra. They're going through much the same thing that you're going through right now. You're going to meet back up with them. You unify your energy while always remaining independent and unique. You unify your energy with them to help bring in this next era of humanity, to help herald the time of new energy and the potentials of new energy, the potential to go beyond duality, to go beyond war, to go beyond suffering, to be able to heal your body in just a moment, to be able to integrate your divinity into your reality. So no, my dear Emma, you're not going to be alone. Emma took another deep breath and contemplated all of this. <coughs> thinking about it, feeling it, 
remembering all of it. It was coming back together. Finally, Emma said, thank you for coming here tonight. Will you come back tomorrow night so we can talk again? And the voice said, no, I won't. I can't. I have to wait until 1998 to come back to get you. You're not going to remember that we talked tonight. When you go back to your bed and you wake up with Raggedy Ann in your arms, you're not going to remember that we talked. It will be many long and difficult years for you, but I will come back. I'll come back and remind you of this energy of the family Ashambra. And so is the story of Emma, your story, Shambra. The voice that Emma heard was the voice of Shambra yet to be birthed on earth, the voice of Metatron, the voice of I, Tobias, waiting for all of you to grow up. It was the voice of new energy and new potential. We came to you, whether it was 1998 or 2002 or whatever year, we came back to remind you who you are. We came back to remind you of this family of Shambra. Shambra, Shambra is not an angelic family. Shambra is not a biological family. Shambra is not a, a cult or a religion or any of this. Shambra is an agreement an agreement that you would come back, you would be amongst the first going into the new energy. You come from different spiritual families. That is what is unique about Shambra. Some of you come from the house of Mikael, some from Raphael, some from house of Gabriel, all the way down the line. Some of you represent multiple houses of the archangels, but you come from different families, different places, and different backgrounds. But the one thing that's unique and common to each one of you is that you agreed to be here. You agreed to go through difficult, difficult life times prior to this. You agreed to go through a long waiting, difficulties and self-doubts getting to this point. But Chamber, we are here now. We are here now and we've come back to you, a voice such as Emma heard in 1998. A voice that we started talking to you in August of 1999, and we have continued. You are Shambra. No question, no doubt about it. And Shambra, you come here in this lifetime. You come here to expand energy. Four things you do, and the first is to expand. You've expanded energy since the day you were born, and that's why often they didn't understand you. You were an expander, not a contractor. You came here to allow energy to expand, not just to, to, to grow or to build, not just to vibrate like duality does, but to expand. From the earliest days, you were an expander. That's why they didn't necessarily understand you. You didn't follow the way they did it. You did it your way. You came to Earth also to be a creator. Very few humans are creators. There are those who follow, those who obey, 
Those who survive most just survive. Those who are still playing old, ancient, karmic games with themselves and the others around them. But you came here to say, I'm going to create. It's the original purpose. For that's what a creator does. They create. Some of you get blocked with it here and now, but we're working with you. Some of you don't understand what a creator is. You struggle with it, but you're, you're learning. You're going to know much more about what that is. You come here to live in this time, to live. We talked about this at our recent school, the need to go beyond surviving and to truly live in joy on earth right now. You can talk all you want. You can philosophize all you want about God, about spirit, about all of this. But unless you're living on earth, embodying the spirit into the body and living it and enjoying life, laughing with life and at life, appreciating every moment, you're not living, you're just surviving. You're surviving ten steps back in duality. You came here to live and to set the example for others of how to live. Sad to say, but you and I both know so many humans, they're just surviving. They don't know why they're here. They're just handling one day, one thing at a time. But you came to show how to live, how to have passion. And finally, Shambra, you came to teach. That is what a standard does. Standard is an example, a shining example, and through their example they teach others. The teaching can take place in a classroom. The teaching can take place just walking down the street. Teaching the standard is the example that sets up the new potential for the others. You, like Emma, are here in this new energy, and it hasn't been easy. We know it has been lonely. Many of you are thinking it hasn't even been fulfilling. You haven't come into the passion yet. But in this year of new energy, in this year of being the creator, that passion starts to come in. It's different than what you probably thought it was going to be like in human terms. It's different, but it starts coming in. Right now, each one of you, each one of you is radiating your own energy and adding that to the overall group energy of Shambra. And the energy of Shambra is going out into the world at this very moment as a new potential for those who are seeking it. For those who are saying their prayers right now, not the old rote prayers, but their prayers, the ones who are asking for and seeking help and guidance. Right now you're learning how energy works. We're going to talk about more of that in upcoming sessions, a new physics of energy, going beyond vibrational energy into expansional, bringing in new energy into your life right now. We're going to talk to you in these next few upcoming shouts about specifically how that new energy comes in and how you can work with it. Today, Metatron, the voice of Shambra, the voices of the archangels all wanted to come back again 
to Emma and to you so you could hear the voice once again. And so it is.